The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. I can still recall the day when Jesus saved my soul, when his blessed Holy Spirit came and took control. I trusted in his precious blood, my sin to atone, and I started singing. talk to you about uh, somewhat of a scrambled eggs uh, message. Preachers know how to smile, bro. Scramble egg. Scramble eggs is when something gets on a preacher's heart. And you you it don't really fit well into an outline, so you just throw it on the plate and you eat it. You just got my mother, when she broke the yolk, I, I wanted it over, me, over easy, right, or something like that, she'd break the yolk and it just ended up being scrambled egg. Because once she broke the yolk, she just went in there and scrambled and threw a little cheese in there, maybe, and that was the way you got. I said, well, I ordered over. No, you never told my mother you ordered anything. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. You, you got what she threw up on the plate and said, thank you. Amen. And, um, but this is something that's been on my heart. Um, as I live the Christian life, and I'm still living it, still going on, still growing, uh, it's interesting how God teaches you the things you need to know. Uh, when I first got right with God, I was 18 years old. I got saved much earlier, but really didn't nail it down, give my life to Christ, and everything that He wanted me to do, I'd be willing to do. Um, I haven't walked perfectly, of course. Nobody does. And But as I've fallen, I've gotten back up, asked Him to forgive me, going on, going on, and kept my head on Him, my eyes on Him. And uh, there are there are commands in the Bible I mean, I did a series on Wednesday night on, on the commands of Jesus Christ. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So I often said, what are those commandments? So how can you keep something you don't know? Uh, blessed are they to hear the word of God and keep it. So it's not just about being exposed to the Bible. That's important, though you are blessed, by the way, at being exposed to it. But it is, after you're exposed, will you keep it? Will you keep it? Or will you decide that's not for me, something not for me? Well... There's degrees of difficulty in the commandments of Jesus Christ. I mean, flat out. I mean, there's degrees of difficulty. And let me go just over a few of these, uh, what I call hard-to-follow commands. They've been hard to follow in my life, and in present still, not easy to follow. They, they rub, have you, ever, have you ever had a cat? You can rub the cat the wrong way, you know? Cats like to be rubbed a certain way. You rub them the other way. They get up and get out of your lap. They're gone. They don't want, to, they don't want any part of that. And so this is kind of the way this is. Uh, there are certain commands we do. We go, ah, oh, that's good. That's good. And then you follow another command that God says to do you. Mm, 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 mm. My, flesh is, my flesh is wanting to rise up within me against that. Yeah, I don't, that's something I don't want to do or something that don't seem right. But. We know God is right. Blessed are they who, who do the will of God. Um, there's a lot of commands in the Bible that are relatively easy to follow. They're relatively easy to follow. Jesus made it clear. Uh, and and John, let me just quote a, a few of these. John 14, 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. That's one of them. 
John 15, 14 said, If ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Uh, John 14, 21 says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Wow, what a promise that is. I want that. I want that. And then John uh, 13, 17 says, If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. A lot of times... You'll not be happy seeking happiness. You will not be happy chasing the carrot of happiness that the world throws out in front of everybody. The devil, the flesh, and the world throw out in front of everybody. If you will, will play, uh, if you will do this, if you will, and I see it happen all the time, everywhere, on every hand, people spending tremendous amount of in, income and money and everything trying to be happy by fun and entertainment and all this other stuff, which you cannot ultimately be happy without God. And obeying God is where happiness is. If you, if you know these things, happy are ye if you do them, John 13, 17. So knowing the commandments is great, but only implementing them will produce the desired result. There are uh, way too many of, of the people know what to do. There's way too many of those folks but they're not doing it. They're just not doing it. Now, they're the group of people that ultimately will come to the place. And, now, they know the Bible, but they don't follow the Bible. And consequently, they will be the ones to say, Christianity really doesn't work. It just doesn't work. The promises of the Bible really don't come true. God is not what He says He is. Because they have heard the Word, they've gotten intellectual knowledge of God, but then they have not followed the commandments. <clears throat> By the way, this is the devil's masterpiece of bad publicity on the things of God. Are those people who got to know the things of God, did not follow the things of God, did not obey those things, did not implement them, and go out and say, it's a bunch of, of hogwash, it don't, it don't work, it's not real, it's just uh, pie-in-the-sky stuff, they're the devil's masterpiece of bad publicity for the things of God. You say, Brother Bill, what are some of the easy commands? Well, here's some of the easy commands. Uh, tithing. That's easy. That's just simple math. 10% of everything I make, I give to God. Piece of cake. Piece of cake. It's, it's really, it's, it's what I call the goo-goo-ga-ga part of the Bible. It's just, I mean, you say, well, I don't have the money. Well, <clears throat> do you believe God is who He says He is? And do you believe God's Word when he, when he says that He's the giver of all, that He has the wealth, He has the power to make you wealthy? And there's so many other places, Deuteronomy chapter 8, going all the way back to the Pentateuch, all the way up through the Bible. Uh, if He is, so when I was young in my early work days, when I started working and making some decent money, you know, maybe 15, 14, I began to tithe. My mom said it was the right thing to do. I wasn't mature. Come on, I was 15, 16 years old. I had almost no idea what life was, but it was easy to say, just take 10% and give it. Because I believe there's a God, and He says to do it, I'll do it. So I did. That was easy. Being faithful to attend church. That's really one of the easy, if forsaken not yourself, something together as a, as a you know, custom something, that's easy. Attending church, piece of cake. It's just a matter of making a decision. On Sunday, that's God's day. I'm going to give, I'm going to give all day Sunday to God, and on Wednesday I'm going to come, and in the midweek, and I'm just going to do. I'm just going to do that. And I've told my employers through the years when they wanted me to work and stuff on those days. I said, 
you've got me all those other times. I'll give you 100%, 110%. But on those times, that's Sunday and Wednesday, I'm not going to give you my time. You're not going to get it. It's not part of your, no. And then if they decide whether they want to continue to hire me or not. I mean, if they don't want me, then I go to somebody else and they get the privilege of having me. That's right. I was a good employee. Wherever I went, I worked hard and worked for the people I worked for. I didn't steal from them. I, I dressed right. I represented them right. I, I represented my, my, I was a subcontractor, but I represented Bendeley's carpet. I represented Hessler's carpet. I represented these other companies. I went into these houses. I was Hessler's. I was Bendeley's. I was their guy. And I wanted to be neat and clean and, 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 and speak correctly and represent those folks. And so when I worked for them, I did them good. I did not steal a dime from them, not one piece of anything, and tried to promote their deal. The third easy command is volunteering, giving my time to God, volunteering. That was just a matter of choice. I put everything to the side. This last week, many of you did that. Many of you made that decision. You said, I'm going to volunteer this week and give it. You, your laundry went to the side. Your dishes went to the side. Your, your cooking went to the side. Your, everything else had to go to the side. You did it. It's over. It was, it was something you gave to God. Another, what I consider relatively easy, is reading the Bible through once a year. I think that's an easy command. That's just a matter of me relegating 20 minutes, 25 minutes a day, either listening to it on the, in my vehicle or reading it, and I, I can do that. Once, in fact, if, if you want to read much at all, you can do it twice a year. And so that's the easy command. Another one is, uh, the, another easy command is, is, is dressing modestly. I mean, I think everybody understands modest, and, and the Bible talks about being modest, and ladies, of course, shouldn't dress in a way that causes men to want to look at their and lust on them. The Bible says, well, you look on a woman lust after, you commit adultery in your heart. You don't want to cause and contribute to men committing adultery. And so men are sight-oriented. I think everybody grows up to know that. And, you know, you just, ladies especially, got to be around men. You got to be covered up. You got to, don't be too low, too high, too tight. <clears throat> you say, well, they lust on, they lust on me if I wore a gunny sack. If it was too tight, they would. But if a loose gunny sack, I don't think so. But uh, but these are just basically easy things to follow. Um, but you say, preacher, man, I'm having trouble with these. Oh, well, you shouldn't be having trouble with these. You should get these. You should nail them down. You should put them down and begin to implement them. Because, brother, what I'm going to talk about from here out, these are some hard commands. Compared to the one I'm getting ready to talk about, compared to what I just mentioned, there, these are easy. Going to church, reading your Bible, tithing, you know, and being, being willing to, I didn't add a bunch, I left out a bunch, but being able to witness for Christ and just tell others about Christ would be one of the easy commands. Let me give you the first hard one, found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43-48. Just to give you some context to the verse. Uh, 5-43-48 says, Ye have heard that it, it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you, uh, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, that he, for he maketh his Son, now we're not talking about Jesus there, we're talking about the actual Son, to rise on the evil and on the good, and he sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if ye love them that which love you, what reward have ye? 
do not even the publicans, and that was about the lowest form of life that he could talk to them about. That was a Jew that was collecting taxes for Rome. If you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so. But, uh, and he goes, and be therefore perfect, that's complete or mature, even as your Father which in heaven is perfect. Uh, enemies, let's define what an enemy is. Love your enemy. Let's start with that one, love your enemy. Uh, what's an enemy? Well, an enemy wants you to die a slow, miserable death. Uh, they don't want you to die a quick, painless death. They want you to fail. An enemy can be somebody who just simply wants you to fail. They want you to fall. They rejoice, in fact, when you stumble. When they hear if you stumble, they get a little smile on their face rather than grief in their heart and sadness. When I heard an old shell up there at, at Crossway committed adultery with a woman, I wept and wept and wept. Because I was not his enemy, I was his friend. It broke my heart when I heard that. When I heard the things that happened, I weep over that stuff. But there's people, I hate to say it, that aren't for these individuals, and they don't really think it's, you know, they're an enemy. They rejoice to see you stumble. They hate you, they despise you, they dislike you. They don't want you to be around. Um, love them? The word love there is agape love. It's self-sacrifice. It's a, it's a giving love. It's a for God so loved the world. For God so agape the world, he loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That's the kind of love it is. It's usually the love a mother would have for her child where she would give herself for him or a man would have for his country when he would give himself for his country in the military. It's a self-sacrifice. It's not an emotional, slobbery, kissy, huggy love. That's phileo. It is a, uh, many times a very unemotional, but yet very serious love, the most serious love that is for someone and willing to give yourself for that person. That's what he says to do, to love them. Now, <clears throat> the very person, your enemy, you may struggle, as I have, in liking them. But I'm not told I have to like them. i told I have to love them. He, said, he could have used the word like, phileo, your enemies, but he used the word agape. He said, you may not like your enemies, but you are to give to them. You are to help them. You are to be in every way an asset to them if you can be. Ooh, doggies, this is some tough stuff right there now. Uh, you're commanded to sacrifice yourself for them, to give yourself. The second hard commandment is found in that same area, verse, we're to bless them that curses. Tell me no, preacher. Tell me no. That's not easy. Bless those who curse. There can almost be nothing more opposite of who you are and I am in our flesh than to bless people that curse us. <clears throat> I think of David being cursed. I think mean, it was Shimei and and, and and how David was so insightful when he was, Shimei was throwing rocks at him and saying, Ah, you, mur you bloody man, you finally getting yours. Remember, he was related to Saul's family. And, and, and David had taken over the kingdom from Saul. Jonathan had been killed and, and Saul had been killed and, and David took his place. Though David didn't lay a hand on him. Yet Shimei, part of that family, said, Ah, oh, you bloody man, you're finally getting yours when Absalom was running him out of town. I like David. You know, uh, his general said, let me go up. With one stroke, I'll take his head off. And he said, ho, 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 ho. How do you know God hasn't sent him to do that? Boy, now that's deep stuff right there, buddy. Now you're talking about some maturity. 
Now you're talking about a guy who understood who God was. He said, how do you know that God hasn't told him to come here and curse David? Woo-wee. I go, I just go, that's some good stuff right there. Remember, God's in control of the whole thing, ultimately. And didn't Shimei get his in the end? Talk about a guy giving a bunch of mercy. Even Solomon gave him a bunch of mercy. He said, don't leave town, you'll be okay. He leaves town, it's over. I don't know, I thought, I thought he's not only mean, he's dumb. It's not natural to bless those that curse you. It's just not natural. Um, it's supernatural. It's supernatural. Only a person with full submission to the Holy Ghost, continue seeking God's face, will be able to do this. But if you do this, happy are ye. Happy are ye. The third thing there is found in that same verse. It says, do good to them that hate you. Pray for them. I, I combine those two together. Do good is praying. I have some people through the years. I know you will have a hard time believing this tonight, but I'm going to throw it in front of you anyway. I've had some people that did not like me. I know. I know it's tough. <clears throat> When I took the church in 1992, I had two families in the church who, before uh, Pastor McKinney resigned, were, were encouraging me, encouraging me, well, we'd be thrilled if you'd be the pastor and all that. And then ultimately, Pastor McKinney resigned. They, they, the deacons asked me if I'd consider it. We preached for six months and then eventually took a vote. And, and you know, people did it. But there was, I, I got 93%. So it was about 7% of folks did not want Bill Lytell to be the pastor. God said, Baptist, you just got to accept that. And I started hearing them. I started hearing them. And when I would hear them, and they would come to me, and they were, they were, I had them in my office. I had a couple in my office that said, we like Pastor McKinney. We don't like you. Hard, hard to believe. I know it's hard to believe. I'm already putting this out in front of you. But we don't like you. We don't like your humor. We don't think humor has any place in the pulpit. I said, whoa, you're not going to do well here. I said, it's not, it's not that I'm not going to hurt you because I'm harmless and blameless. Basically, I'm trying to be. But I'm not, I tell you, you ain't going to do well here if you don't like humor because that's just part of who I am. And I'm sorry, it's not fake. It's not contrived. It's just real. It says, God, I believe, leads me. He says, well, well, I don't agree with that. And I said, you don't have to agree with it. We, you know, we agree to disagree. And, and that man really, really wanted me to fail. And his wife. And so I put them on the top of my prayer list. And I gave them gift cards. And I sent them love notes. And I prayed for them on vacation. Every day I was going on vacation, I'd pray for them. And others. I had a list of, of folks. And it was, it, what was I doing? I was praying for them, but it was really for me. They didn't even know I was praying for them. I didn't call them up and say, hey, by the way, I'm praying for you from here out. No, I didn't do that. They didn't know I was praying for them. But God knew that they were, uh, 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 they didn't want, they, didn't, they wanted me to uh, um, fail. They didn't want me to be here. And, and, and so I had to do something to keep me from getting bitter. Because I'm just like you. I want to hate those who hate me. And I want to hurt those who hate me. And so how do I get out of that syndrome is to do what Jesus said, is to do good to them 
that despitefully use me. And pray for them. And that's why, and trust me, this message I am living. I'm not just up here preaching some theory to you. If I was 20 years old, it'd be more theory than, but it, this is a whole lot more practice to me than it is theory. I have done it, and I've watched God overcome the bitterness in my heart. I don't know about them. Some of them died not liking me. But, uh, you know, that's between them and God now. But I'm going to say that, that I did what I was supposed to do, and it made me happy. I didn't go around fretting and worrying and being upset, but I began to bl- ask God bless them and help them and encourage them. And, and brother, you and I got this out. This is a hard command. This is no easy command. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Bless them who curse you. Ooh. Now, we're talking good, deep. People say, I want a deeper Christianity. And they try, to, they try to launch down into some deep theological studies. And they get all this terminology down on theology. And they come up. They go down long and come up dry, brother. <clears throat> Theology is wonderful, but this is as deep as it gets right here. What Jesus said. You may say, preacher, you are crazy. Yeah? But God's not. God is uh, different than you and I. His ways are not our ways. The way we would deal with it is not the way to deal with it. Deal with it God's way, not your way. Your way is going to be wrong. God's way is going to be right. Do it His way. Don't. By the grace of God, let's be like Him, not like the world. The world, you know how they operate. You know how they act. Don't do it their way. Do it God's way. The hard commands to follow are the best. By the this is not for sissies. This is not for sissies. This is for mature, grown-up folks. Um, when you have an enemy that hates you, does bad stuff to you, love them, bless them, do good unto them, and pray for them. And I'll guarantee you one thing. You'll be of your Father, which is in heaven. Because He gives the sun and the rain. Think about it. He gives the sun and the rain to people who absolutely hate him beyond anything you can imagine. I mean the atheists. I mean the feminists. I mean those homosexuals and same-sex folk. They hate God. They hate the Bible. They don't just dislike it. They got a they got a vile contempt for it and everything it stands for. And God today will bless them again with a beautiful sunset that they can adore. And he'll let them hear the mockingbird song in the morning and to welcome them into the day. And he'll allow the beautiful rain to come upon them and to wash their stuff down and grow their crops. And he'll give, their, give them health. And he'll give them uh, the, 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 all the, the blessings that he has for them because the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. And he says if God's that way, how much, and we're going to be like him, then we've got to do the same thing. Make sense to you? The fourth thing, forgive everyone. Now you hear a lot about forgiveness. But you know what? It's easy to talk about. But it ain't easy to do. Forgive everybody. Forgive everybody. Right now, if I may, if I may talk about Brother Morris is under a test. The Morrises are under a test. Um, they have a neighbor from Hades. They have a neighbor that is out for them. I think supernaturally. 
And, 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 and you ever had a bad neighbor? How many of you have a bad neighbor? I know, I hope it's not anybody here today. But how many you've had some bad neighbors? I mean, some neighbors, that this, they just do what they do to just to spite you. I have a lot next to me, five acres I'm trying to sell. It was my mom and dad's lot. And I'm, I'm, re, I'm really hesitant to even sell it. Because sure enough, the devil will move in there, some some rock and roller that'll want to play the, the, the stuff till three in the morning, you know. And, I, and you know, it, it'll put these verses to that. I don't want to be tested. I don't want to be. I don't, I don't want to be tested. I don't want to have to buy my 500 amp. 500 watt amplifier and play Jesus saves towards their house. Well, forgive everybody. You want to be like Jesus? Oh, we sing it. Oh, to be like him. Oh, to be like him. Oh, wonderful Savior, pure as thou art. And then we, we act like the devil. I mean, we sing it. We sing it pretty good. It's easy to sing. Oh, to be like him. I want to be like Jesus. Oh, it's not so easy to do, is it? I think sometimes we need to get the pacifier out of our mouth long enough to taste and see that the Lord is good. Matthew 6, 14, 15 sums it up this way. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. For if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your... Father, forgive your trespasses. Now, you can't forget. You don't have that ability. David said um, his sin was ever before him. God doesn't let your sin go away. I remember sins I did years. as I remember back 10, 8 years, 9, 10 years old, things I did. I remember smoking on top of the chicken coop at probably 6 years old. I'm probably not going to forget that till finally I die and this, that old stuff, that old stuff stays here and I get to go to heaven and go, ooh, I feel good. That stuff still haunts you in the night sometimes. Uh, but but we, we are to forgive men their trespasses. We're to be forgiving. We've been tested here at the gospel in the last six months, haven't we? Will you really forgive people when they repent? Now, if a person's not repentant, oh, that puts them in a whole other category. That puts them in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, where we're not even supposed to eat with those people. People that will not are, are, are called the brother that will not repent, and do not repent of their sin. We're not even supposed to give them a salute, meaning good day. We're not supposed to even eat with them. Now, that's straight out, clear as crystal. Why? So that they get ashamed of what they did and will repent of it. But what when a Christian asks forgiveness, we, we can't judge motive, motives. I can't get in your head and figure out whether you... You led singing today, brother, or not, but I don't know if you meant it or not. Were you doing it just for me? Was it just mechanical, dry mechanics? I can't get in your... You were teaching those kids. By the way, Adam, best I ever seen, do that verse, and he hurt himself real bad. Because when you do that in front of us here at the gospel. There's a whole multitude of jobs open up for you. But, but uh, uh, no money, but jobs. I mean, but, uh, there are a lot of jobs open up because there's a lot to do. But, you know, I could have sat back there and said, I wonder if Adam's got the right motive. You know, quit that whole motive thing. 
just get, get away from that whole motor thing. First of all, you cannot read your own heart. The Bible says your heart's just be wicked. Who can know it? You don't even know your own heart. I've seen people so messed up with that motive thing that they were neutered. They just couldn't do anything. They were impotent. They just never did anything for God because they said, well, I don't know if I have a really a right motive. Now, forget all the motives. Just do it. Do it. By the grace of God, do it. Uh, and forgive. forgive. You say, well, I don't think when they made confession of sin, they meant what they said. Who are you to know whether they meant what they said or not? Well, they didn't have the right tonal quality. Wow. What is that all about? You can't do that. You're playing God. You can't play God. If somebody says, forgive me, you got to go with it. How much have I been forgiven? A lot. How much can I forgive? A lot. And so I'm not saying I don't swallow hard. I said these were hard commands, didn't I? I didn't say this was easy. And I didn't say that you won't pick it back up and have to do it again. I'm not saying that you'll forgive and then you won't forgive and then you'll forgive and you won't forgive. I, I've been married 44 years. I know what it's like. Uh, uh, sometimes in a fight, you ever, you ever fight dirty? Don't fight dirty in a marriage. I need to talk to you two about fighting. How to fight. You can fight clean and you can fight dirty. You know, throwing sand in the guy's face, that's fighting dirty, right? Uh, but, but fighting dirty is bringing up old stuff. Oh, how many times have we gotten around with our woman oh, and we brought up the old... But remember when you... Oh, they just went to fighting dirty. Because that's supposed to be forgiven and gone, amen? If it's really forgiven and gone, then you won't bring it back up. You won't say anything more about it. It's over. It's a done deal. It's over. Okay, it, right? Yeah, oh, it's over. I've done it myself. I heard my mom and dad do it. I heard my mom and dad go back 30 years on my dad on something he did. And he'd say, Lorraine, Lorraine. That's over, man. I asked you to forgive me 30 years ago on that. She said, yeah, but it still hurts. That didn't justify it. Well, maybe it still hurts, but you still got to forgive, amen? Forgive. Give it up. Let it go. Move on. And in the words of a prophet, get over it. Get over it. Number five. The hard to follow command, give, 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 give. Luke 6, Luke 6, 38, give and it should be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Now you know what that is. You set God's limit on, your, on blessing you. You set God's measurement on how he can bless you. And help you by how generous or stingy you happen to be. Given it should be given unto you. Now I think that deals with uh, uh, more than just money. I think it has to do with time, talent, and treasure. I think it has to do with who you are and what you are. It's a give situation. Um, I like old. I see David Gibbs Jr. and I've got the sermon on on the front page of our website. Best sermon I ever heard on prosperity, where he says, "Never resist a generous moment of generous impulse." Never resist a generous impulse. Boy, I've resisted a few. And I feel bad I did. Because the, the opportunity goes by and it's over. You don't get to do it again. It's over. You get this moment of being generous. You don't do it. Now I realize you're not paying your car payment. Pay your car payment. Amen. Or pay your payments. But, but by the grace of God, be generous when you can in time, talent, and treasure. This is not talking about tithing. It's talking about offerings and beyond. 
Sixthly, the sixth thing and the last thing is to separate yourself from the things of this world. The world is in you and I deep. We are children of the world. We come from the world. The world is all over us. We smell like the world. And the world, we're, we're, over and over it says in 1 John 2, 15, 17, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. The world is anti-God. What we Now, I'm not talking about the birds and the trees and the sunsets and all that. We're talking about the people and their philosophy of life. It's anti-God. But yet, when we get saved, that's 100% who we are. And then the process of growth is that working the world out of us, as we read this word, it washes us and cleanses us and gets the, the, the wrong philosophies out of us and replaces them with the right philosophies of the Word of God. That's what God's doing in your life right now. He's washing you from this, He's washing you with this if you let Him. By the way, now it's all up to you if you won't expose yourself to it. In other words, if you don't take a bath, you're not going to get clean. Amen. You got to go in the shower, you got to use the soap, you got to spend the time in the Bible and with God. And when you do that, He will wash you of your error. And your wrong thinking, because that's what the worldliness really is. It's wrong thinking about God. It says in Ephesians 5.11, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. We have no business bringing in and copying the things of the world and bringing them in the house of God. The house of God, the place of worship, should be absolutely non-world. That's why I'm not upset when the, when the world doesn't sing our music. They shouldn't sing our music. They shouldn't even want to sing our music. They shouldn't even like our music. Because it's from heaven. And they're from the world. And the world and heaven are anti they're anti they're against each other. Amen. I'll tell you the world. Step away from the world. From the saturation of it. It's not easy. It's painful. It's lonely. Thrills of the world will be gone for a while. The excitement of it will be gone. The adrenaline of it will be gone. And we, but we will find as we walk with God a whole new set of living senses in God's world. The opposite of this world is God's world. We will end up with peace and joy and our love and joy and peace and long suffering and gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. We'll end up with the with kindnesses and forgiving spirits and easy to be entreated. We'll hate evil. And that destroys everything good and not love evil. We'll not see how close we can get to evil. We'll see how far away we can stay from evil. Being separated from the world. Come out from among them. Oh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 through 7 1. Perfecting holiness, the fear of God. It'll be God coming in and making you like Him. And if you're going to be like Him, you won't be like them. You won't look like them. You won't talk like them. You won't read like them. You won't practice what they practice. Your whole philosophy will be different. In fact, Jesus said it this way. The way the world's going to figure out we're of God is that they're going to see the way we love each other, and they're going to say, nobody loves that way. That's not natural. But this all men shall know that you're my disciple if you love one another. We should have a spirit 
of giving of each other for each other. And we and and practice it. Practice it. That's tough. That's tough. Touch. Preacher, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah, going to church, tithing, reading your Bible and all that. That's really that's really basic. That's 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 uh that's, that's uh, early on issues that I hope you deal with and get get on get on and go on and then begin to get into this finer tuning that God will do. Now sometimes we won't move on something. We just won't move on. Now that's when he'll bring in a trial. God will bring in a trial in your life to do something that you won't let the preacher convince you of. You won't let the Holy Spirit through the preached word convince you of. You won't, you're not going to let it go. You're not going to do it. You're not going to let it go. You're not going to be convinced. What God then does, he steps it up a notch. He brings a trial into your life that will get your attention, and it will bring you to a place of, of saying, I think, God, you're right and I'm wrong. And you will come to the place because as a child, makes sense to me, a child of your father, you're going to ultimately, when he gets your attention, want to do what he wants you to do. Reminds me of my dad. Sometimes he'd tell me, don't do that. <clears throat> I wouldn't listen to him. And he says, son, I don't want you to do that. And I, somehow I just didn't feel he meant what he said. And finally, he'd grab me, throw me over the hassock, take his belt off, give me about four or five lashes. He had my attention. And at that point, I said, Dad, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to do this. He said the same thing he said before he beat me, but he had to do that so he could get my attention so that I would do what he asked. I said, okay, Dad, I'm for it. I don't want to do that again. I don't want to go through that again. I'm, I'm for what? And the trials that I've gone through in my life, it's been God getting my attention to help me to listen to what he's trying to tell me. And, man, I want to do it. I want to do what he wants me to do because it's the best way. It's the best way. The Christian life is the best life. And it's the eternal life also. I hope you understand the difference between the easy commands and the hard commands. These are just some samples of some small, there's many others that are hard to accomplish and that you need the grace of God to do and take some time to get to. But you say, Brother Bill, I'm struggling right now. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with struggling over something. But there sure is something wrong with when you harden your heart. And you say, I'm not going to do that. There's nothing wrong with struggling on all this stuff. But there sure is something wrong when you just say, I'm not going to do it. Because you understand. Understand who your Heavenly Father is. When you do that, He has no other option but Hebrews chapter 12. And you don't want to go there. You want to say, I want to learn by listening. And I want to learn by listening. I don't want to learn by living. I would rather learn by listening and just say, God, I'll do what you want me to do. And I've never obeyed God where I've been sorry about it. I can give you a testimony of years for Christ. I've never obeyed God where I've been sorry for it. If I went up down these places and said, have you ever obeyed God and did the will of God? And then later on said, boy, I'm sorry I did the will of God. I sure wish I wouldn't have done that. I have met some sorry Christians, but I've never met Christians who were sorry they've been a Christian. They, wanted, they were glad they were Christians. They were glad it went through the trouble because God, ooh, Oh, to be like Him. Oh, to be like Him. Father, we pray tonight that You'd explain these things better than I could. The Spirit of God would come and use the Word of God. Father, we, we know that sometimes we, we need Hebrews 12 because there's no other way we're going we're gonna to get it. But if that's what it takes to get it, and I've said it over in my life to You, do whatever You have to do so I get what You want me to have. Father, because I don't want to go through this life incomplete. I don't want to go through this life 
undisciplined. I don't want to go through this life outside of your will. Father, help me to understand the truths of the Bible and to implement them. Help me to be happy because we do them. Father, there may be some folks in this room, some really bad, I've been struggling in one of these areas, two of these areas, some other things, maybe outside of what I spoke. But I want God to work in my life. One thing I do want is I want God to work in my life. I want to do His will. I want to be like Him. May it be so. Father, we pray you'd move now. In Jesus' name, amen. All the praise belongs to Him who died on Calvary. Jesus gave His life a ransom that we could be free. Oh, sinner, come.